Welcome back to Life with Archibald Ball. Today marks our 118th episode, and I am joined by one of our devoted listeners and my good friend, Abhi Dampala. And it's great to be here. And my brother, Manaraj Ball, who's also delighted to be here. On occasion. All right. Now we're going to talk about. So we're going to talk about today. So earlier today, CNN releases an article that Trump has, you know, changed its. They're changing their campaign strategy, the Trump campaign. And earlier this week, a couple days ago, Trump hired a new campaign manager, right? Um, And this kind of leads us to think, you know, might be time to make kind of our early prediction for 2020. Obviously, Biden is leading in the polls. And based on the recent events, I do believe, I think we all believe he will secure the presidency. But now it's a matter of which swing states will he win, which ones will he not? And with that, I turn it over to Abby, who has a couple of predictions. Well, I mean, I think one of the states uh, that Trump's campaign saw that they were down in and they just kind of, you know, stood still for a second was Texas. You know, even though it was very minor, I believe it was only like a couple fractions of a percentage point. But still, the fact that you're it's close in Texas, which is, a you know, it's their firewall. It's the Republican Party's firewall. And it has been for decades now. They count on their 36 electoral votes. That's a big chunk, right? I mean, it's just, I, I think, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say that Biden's going to win Texas. I think he has the best chance to out of any Democratic candidate in the last 30 years. I'll, I'll go that far, but... He's white. He's a guy. He's old. He's not going to change the economy. He's bipartisan. And he's bipartisan. So, like, what, like... Texans loved John so, McCain. I just think for some people, yeah, the, the association they have to John McCain. It's true. It's true. I mean, you really didn't see too much support for Obama in a lot of like rural counties in Texas where the Republican Party, you know, they run up the percentage in uh, federal elections a lot of the times. I just think that relationship with Obama hurts Biden even more. I, I think on paper, Biden... Would should come within five percentage points. I believe, like last uh, election with Hillary and Trump, I think Hillary only lost by nine points, which was historic. But it, you know, it's still nine points. I think Biden comes closer. Biden's I think he cuts the five. Two points, I think it's, or he might be leading in some polls. No, he's, he's leading, leading right now. Yeah, yeah, some polls he's. But leading. I think realistically, on election day, we'll see him two come points. within five percent. He'll. I think he'll be two percentage points plus or oh. minus. Yeah. All right, but uh, you know, another state that not of people didn't think would be in play. Like, I guess this close is like Wisconsin, you know, you have your Rust Belt states, like Ohio and stuff like Biden is showing strong compared to what we thought at this point, because Trump has helped those states a lot. Yeah. You know, you've seen a lot of support grow for the Trump administration. Even Ohio, there. Yeah. But the fact that it's still this close because of, you know, just in recent days, because of, you know, Trump's response to the COVID pandemic in America, I think... A lot of people are just seeing, like, at the end of the day, it's not all about politics. It's about who do you want in charge during a crisis yeah. like this. And even though, the, you know, the bulk of this has, you know, all the main decisions to be made have already been made by Trump. I just think going forward, people are going to double check themselves at the ballot. They say, maybe it's not a good idea to take a chance on someone. Maybe we should go with someone who's been, you know, a seasoned politician like Joe Biden has. Someone, there's very few people with resumes like Joe Biden. You know, decades and gone po- through the struggle. Exactly. I mean, yeah. you know, losing his uh, wife and kids uh, early on in his career, and then you know, decades of service. You know, reaching the office of the vice president. 
I just think there's few people like Joe Biden. I think if the Democrat, if the Democratic Party were to take a chance on someone like you know they've outpoured their support for Joe Biden ever since the you know the primary process has started, and I think I think they know what they have in Joe Biden. I think that's the only reason that. I think he's the only reason why some of these states are in play. Because I don't think, you know, you put like Pete Buttigieg, right? If you put him against Trump in a state like Texas, I, I don't Buttigieg think... Buttigieg doesn't have a chance. I don't think you're going to see even close to the same margins of potential victory for the Democrats that you see right now. Yeah. It, I mean, so even look at the primaries for Texas, right? Like you, Harris County, obviously... Biden won a lot of the big cities aside from Austin. Like, he won Dallas. He won Tarrant County. He won Harris. He won Collin County, which is that's where we, that's where we live. It's a very conservative a report, area. Um, they came to McKinney, Texas, which is, you know, yeah. where yeah. you live, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, they interviewed a couple people. And the whole narrative on that story was that, you know, Texans, even the traditionally conservative area, right, um, Collin County, you know, a uh, suburb of Dallas, which is a liberal city, but, you know, we're a suburb, right? We're a bigger suburb, but uh, still traditionally go Republican regardless, you know, Republican people mayor, Republican yeah. city council, stuff like that. But they interviewed people and they were basically saying, you know, I'm a Republican, but I'm just sick of Trump. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's true. A lot of Republicans aren't Trump guys. They just are Trump guys because they're Republican. And in the Republican primaries in 2016, 55% of the Republican Party voted for not Trump, voted for other candidates throughout the polls. Even when, you know, Trump was still the obvious choice for the winner, uh, people are still casting ballots for people that dropped out of the race. And you don't see that. Uh, you know, when you have, anytime you have someone polarizing, you know, in, yeah. in your own party, like you saw that in the Democratic Party this year, Bernie, Bernie right? Sanders, Bernie yeah. Sanders, he came, I guess, as close as any progressive candidate could in this climate and like the start with the structure of the democratic party in our primary systems i think he came as close as any one expected any non-establishment candidate even in 2016 i believe he you know well he achieved things that arguably did worse this time yeah in 2016 despite the momentum being there he was the clear front runner exactly in my opinion like some people believe that you know even if bernie was the democratic candidate instead of uh biden they believe that the democrats would have a better chance of winning yeah. And I, I I don't, personally, I don't buy that. I think... Um, that would just make the country even worse. I think, yeah, exactly. Polarization I think, standpoint. I think if the Democratic Party is trying to attract swing voters in like in the battleground states like Ohio and Florida, you know, where people aren't really established to one party, they just vote for the guy who well, or woman who, yeah. you know, they believe in at that point in time, right? I think if they're trying well, to attract those type of guys, they need to go with someone who's not progressive. Well, Florida, right? you have a lot of veterans, like a lot of veterans and a lot of old people just retire to Florida, mm. right? And a lot of reasons why those people vote Republican is for the money. But Biden, like obviously he's going to be progressive for climate change, but that's kind of a necessity and it's not going to be as radical yeah. as the Green New Deal. You know, and it'll I, be I, done. I, it'll get done. The yeah. thing is is he has a feasible plan. 2035, 15 years is much better than $4 trillion. Like, and, yeah. and also, it's a presidential plan, it's an executive plan, and that is much better than a House plan. I agree. Because the problem with that whole Green New Deal is, Democrats had control of the House, the Senate clearly matters more, and they had no in control case, in the Senate, yeah. and they also didn't have control of the presidency. So there's literally no momentum outside of that House. Yeah. And, and that, that's the problem, right? The House is always frowned upon, their approval rating is yeah. always low. A good that's day the for the House is having an approval rating near 30. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's a problem. 
Trump's approval rating obviously is not the best right now, but yeah. it was pretty good a couple years ago. I, yeah. I honestly Before think, the for me personally, pre-Charlottesville, I was like, all right, let's see what this guy can do. But then after that, the Charlottesville, mm. what happened and how he didn't condemn the white supremacists, and he just said that the left was just as bad as the alt-right, I think obviously from a protesting standpoint, maybe... But you're really going to equate white supremacy with people against white yeah. supremacy? I like, like to draw an interesting it's, comparison, it's, actually. Yeah. I think what the Democrats are trying to sell is basically what the Liberal Party in Canada has been trying to sell for this, exactly. every, yeah. for this whole century, pretty much. Yep. You know, the Compromise Party, they're not the new Democratic Party, yeah. right? But they're, they're the party that if you care yeah. about climate change and you care about a good economic sense... They're the party that you vote for. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, well, Biden is conservatives in Canada are going to be more economically sensible, per se, right? But if you want to compromise, if you want progress to be done in terms of climate change, that's yeah. the Liberal Party right now. Yeah, exactly. That's what that's they brand themselves at. The, the party, choose forward, just, choose something over just nothing. Just get rid of, like we were mentioning in an earlier episode, we talked about like the third party, hmm. like the chance of a third party. And I was, you know, we were thinking BLM and that, like the Marxist wing of the Democratic Party, like the AOCs. Mm. Bernie Sanders is not as much of a Marxist as AOC, but he would still be grouped in that, like the leftist course, group. The party. You make that yeah, a party. The, yeah. It's kind of like a green, neo-green party, mm. right? And then the Democrats stay with like guys like Joe Biden, guys like Buttigieg, yeah. guys like Klobuchar, Kamala Harris, right? Cory Booker, to an extent, lesser extent, but, right? You kind of yeah. have those... But I mean, that's why I think yeah. Biden has a great chance. And with your point earlier about the Rust Belt states, obviously predominantly white states, yeah. they voted for Trump because they're anti-establishment. And obviously Obama didn't do as much as he could have for the automobile industry and outsourcing of jobs. Trump did move. You know, he did try to change that with his tariffs. So I'll give him that. But at the same time, he kind of still left these brew collar workers to dry and his economic plan has only helped the top 1% or the people who really just benefit from a lack of an estate tax. And that clearly doesn't help out these blue-collar workers who yeah. are majority... The Rust Belt is all blue-collar You could argue it's the majority of his We're, base. We yeah. are, the, America is in a white-collar economy, but the Rust Belt is still blue-collar. Yeah. So oh, the problem definitely. is is you need, you need more of a... In, in this day and age, back... Pre, you know, pre Nixon, you needed a Republican in office, right? But now, you now, now you need a Democrat in office. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Because you get the, that's kind. Of, in my opinion, that's kind of the good wing of the. That's like the good part of the the Marxist movement here mm-hmm. in the U.S. is unions, things like that, because everyone deserves to have their voice heard in a true democracy, and you need a president who understands that the blue collar matters just as much as the white. Definitely. Right? And and it, I think that's it, what Joe Biden's always branded himself yeah. as, right? I mean, that's the reason Working he w- wins. hard. He, yeah. yeah. That's the reason he won, like, um, states like, you know, the Rust Belt exactly. states. Yeah. And, you know, he, he appeals to, you know, the minor, like minority populations. Like, he blew out everyone in South Carolina yeah. in the primaries, winning it by 50%, right? Predominantly black, like, yeah. de- Democrat-wise, yeah. you know, that's predominantly black people. You know, so. that's the reason why I believe that Democrats even have a chance. Right, you know, before pe- uh, pre-pandemic, right? Um, my history teacher actually had a good, you know, take on this. She says if the economy is doing good, the incumbent has, you know, Great. basically yeah, it's it's a lock, a, yeah, a lock for re-election. Yeah. But as soon as you know, people vote with their checkbooks. 
Yeah, the, right? well, the, the pocketbooks. The, the peop- right? Even the the electoral college more because obviously yeah. they have the real control. They all at the end of the day want to make a profit and pick a party party line, party line voter, yeah. right? I I think right now, like we've seen with the pandemic, right? Uh, historic unemployment rates, uh, permanent unemployment's actually been rising these last couple of months, even though the total empl- unemployment rate has gone down technically ever since March. Um, you know, that's obviously a concern, right? And I think that works out perfectly for the Democrats in states like Texas and, you know, like your uh, battleground Rust Belt states, uh, even, your, you know, your Colorado's, New Mexico's, those kind of states, right? I think any time you have unemployment, that, that basically affects all states equally, right? That's mm-hmm. a little bit of an overstatement. You know, some industries are protected, you know, like uh, the tech industry is obviously yeah. flourishing at this time. Other industries like travel are not. Yeah. But... You know, overall, everyone's suffering. Every state has populations that are suffering yeah, tremendously because of the pandemic. And I think the only reason why the Democrats have a you know chance right now, and the, right, the reason that they're showing good in the polls is because of the pandemic and just the total effect that that's going to... Let's talk yeah. about the yeah. total effect that that's going to have on the election because, you know, with mail-in voting becoming more of like a... Well, that, that's the thing too, right? Mail-in voting kind of screws the urban votes. Yeah. Because, so that's, I think you're going to see a lot of people, regardless of how bad COVID is, because it's been, in November 3rd, by November 3rd, it's, that's eight months, right? Near eight months. People are going to be out and going to the polls. I don't care how bad the virus is. Majority of the U.S. population, I don't care their political affiliation, they will go out to the polls, unless if the second wave is just as bad. And here's the problem. Depends on when it hits, too. We don't even know when it's going to hit. And also the and problem with we, mail-in we, voting is that we're not going to see election results exactly, for a while. Exactly. Right? So it's like, what's the point of all that, the TV coverage and everything like yeah. that? Like the media companies are getting There's screwed. nothing special about election yeah. day. And one, one final thing with regards to the media and like the, the mail-in voting, the mail-in balloting. There was, you know, this new wave of midterms even in Texas, like July 14th. A lot of people were doing it. A lot of people were posting, etc., but in my opinion, that's good. But at the same time, they're discounting. Like we gotta the real push, money wise, pocketbook wise, has to be on these local elections. And the fact that there wasn't people with money, the fact that the people with the most money in the U.S., the one percent, weren't pushing for these local elections and for these seats in like conservative areas to flip, I think that's disheartening, right? Obviously, November 3rd's big, but what really is the heart of our democracy? Believe it or not, we, yeah. we both know this, local elections matter way more than the presidency. Yeah, that is more effect on and, your day-to-day and, life and than anything the federal government we're, does. We're, there's a lot of momentum for local elections and things to change, which is good. But a lot of people with money are not pushing yeah. that. And that, that's a problem. That's, I mean, that's just That's just natural, right? If you have yeah. money and you're going to spend it on elections, you're not going to go for the, like a mayor yeah. or the city council seat. You're going to buy a, exactly. you're going to buy a representative. Exactly. And right? representatives are different. I think, I think representatives are even different because yeah. it's still direct elections. Like we know from the show, The yeah. Veep, right? Yeah. I forgot his name, but he, you know, he said, there was a quote, like, I'm not going to buy representatives anymore. I'm only spending money on senators and presidents. That's why you backed uh, Jonah Ryan for president, right? But I mean, that oh, whole... Sherman Tans. Sherman Tans, yeah, yes. He's a fictional character yeah. from the. Yeah. But I think, like, I, I, that was a great. I thought, that including him, that character in that plotline, I think that's 
that, that was great on HBO's part because it's truly representative of what happens, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you have money, you're not going to buy local elections because at the end of the day, people with money don't want to, don't want help with you know local yeah. issues. They want like policy change. Exactly. They want like you know federal government buying their oil, buying their steel, and stuff like that. Right? And th- and this brings up the whole argument of like getting rid of the electoral college because if the president was based on direct election, mm. like the representatives. It would, make more more sen- it would yeah. make more sense for the pocketbooks and the checkbook to go to the presidency than it does right now. Because right now it's just the Electoral College, right? Yeah. But if it was more... Dr- like, I understand buying out senators. Because at the end of the day, the senators are really the head honchos of the state. Yeah. Right? The governor and the senators. That's it. And the representatives. But if your state is as big as Texas, the representatives don't mean yeah. a squat compared to Cornyn and Cruz yeah. and Abbott. Exactly. And... Also, final point with the pandemic, if we had a national approach from the beginning, Trump's approval rating would be higher. I don't even think we'd be talking about Biden winning Texas. No, definitely. But the fact that he decided to not have a national approach and leave it up to the states screwed our nation. Every nation, every other nation, regardless of how conservative they are, regardless of how limited government they are, they all understood that we, during times of a crisis, you got to come together. You can't just delegate during times of crisis. You have to take charge. FDR during the Great Depression. JFK during the Cuban Missile Crisis. What has Trump done recently? He has sided with Goya Foods. <laughs> right? Like endorsing... The fact that that was a post I know. Is just, I know. It's, it's, it's indicative of just what our country's become. And it, it's, again, we're not, we're not saying Democrats are better than Republicans. We're just saying right... In terms of morals and values and principles. In terms of the pandemic. Exactly. Yes. I just better than wrong. Just, yes. Yeah. Just overall, I mean, the fact that Trump's still hesitant to, you know, go on public television and say that he was wrong about not wearing masks from the start, right? I mean, in every single... Or having a mask Every single study... Or ordinance exactly, from the beginning. Exactly. Not even doing that, right? Other countries, you know, have the stricter lockdowns, really, right? Exactly. Nationalizing it would have been... The smarter move because right at the end of the day what do we want a president for you know, a lot of people don't understand our government they assume that the president is you know all in charge mm-hmm. right he, he's the he's the top guy we we look to the president to solve our problems for us when it comes to big national issues like a global pandemic right so when trump refuses to use his power right it, it's just i think it confuses people i think it sends a mixed message Right, because people say, okay, if pre- President Trump's not doing anything, if he's not wearing a mask, why on earth would I wear a so, mask? And my final thing, it's kind of a rhetorical point, but if you run in twenty sixteen as a hardliner, which he did on immigration, on the economy, and as anti-establishment, right? Which is cool. That's great. You relate to the common man because you don't have a life in politics, so you're not corrupted. Right? That's what he kind of was arguing. You're not bringing any habits. So, sure, you're a hardliner on immigration. You're a hardliner on foreign policy. You're a hardliner on the Iran nuclear deal. You're a hardliner on the Sol- like for the Soleimani yeah. airstrike. If you're that much of a hardliner for these foreign issues, why can't you be... Why can't you care and dedicate just as much energy to your own country? Yeah. Right? I mean, he took the it's, whole like law and order approach. Exactly. Right? You saw that. Yeah, thing. exactly. I'm just like... First of all, law and order doesn't just mean military. Yeah. It means 
formulating effective policy that benefits showing majority. leadership exactly because what our country is missing right now more than anything is leadership on all levels yeah you know yeah. public has no confidence in our congress because of you know political gridlock for decades mitch mcconnell much, too like, right the, yeah you you look at what happens in the senate to you know good bills right maybe not the green new deal but just other ones right they get blown apart in the senate they get amended to where they're unrecognizable and they don't even achieve the purpose yeah. right so going to your local representative, you know, proposing a bill or something, you know, talking to them about issues, it's losing its value. Yeah. And the, the, the leadership other, means less and leadership is absent. One more point with the Senate and the House, right? We should put committees on C-SPAN, not the general chamber. Oh, the real work, yeah. the real debating on if a bill really matters is in committee. That's when you have the senators and the representatives who are specialized on certain topics and they're seriously committed. Yeah. You don't have the BS filibusters. And you don't have guys who clearly could give less of a crap about a bill. Because in committee, everyone has a common interest. They, have, they could disagree on the topic. They could disagree on the bill. But they are equally invested in the issue. Because that's right? how they make their own legacy. That, exactly. Yeah. That's how you make your legacy. So I think that's I what think drives a lot. We should honestly push is... for committees yeah. to be on TV. Because that is yeah. when you can truly evaluate. At least have reporters. That's when you can there. truly evaluate our legislative yeah. branch. Because yeah, right now, definitely. like general I, chamber, yeah. cool, whatever. Like it hasn't. We done all know squat. nothing happens there. It hasn't done yeah. anything for our country. Yeah. The most effective legislation during the Trump and Obama presidencies have been through executive orders. Like I'm, I'm which serious. Which is completely because it which is undermines because, democracy. Exactly right? because it's kind of the because the legislative of branch is. Broken. Arguably, th- so here's the problem. Right now, there's an argument that the judicial branch is the most powerful branch of government. Totally false, but that's the state we live in, because Ideally, our legislative branch equal. Yeah, it, exactly. Right? But, but the judicial branch yeah. is the only one that's actually made monumental change. Yes. From the recent yeah. rulings, right? Things like that. The the uh, transgender was yeah. I think it was working. Rights or something, not being discriminated on your sexual yeah. orientation that's a, yeah. and stuff. That's a great they thing. They blocked that, yeah. The, the Supreme Court did that. The fact that... The, the conservative Supreme exactly, Court, right? The fact that we <laughs> couldn't do this from a legislative standpoint, yeah. or maybe it, it was at the Supreme Court say, but yeah. the fact that the Supreme Court is the most competent branch of government during a pandemic is sad. Oh, 100%. Because the judges... We saw were, how much... Like, even for something as simple as a stimulus bill, something essential, yeah. the Senate took... A million that years long. almost. Like that long. For some Americans, it literally feels like a million years. By the way, we should push money. for a renewal of a new stimulus bill because the checks... Ex- ex- I saw a Mark Cuban tweet, but in general, right? The checks expire expire this week, the mm. first round of stimulus. So people still so we need, yeah. we need a new wave of that. There needs to be momentum mm. for that. So keep that in mind Definitely. as well. But I think... So thank you so much, Abby, for joining us. I think that wraps up our episode for today. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you to our sponsor, Anchor FM. Have a great night.